range-wise, um, let's say I'm back here. That's fine. Okay. You're good. Right here and even here. Yeah. Okay, great. How are my levels? Test, test. Your levels are great. How's my hair level? Uh, Lower than ever. Yeah. Lower than ever? Like this way? You like it this way or that way? <laughs> I've been combing it back a little bit. I think the comb back looks good on you. <laughs> my mom always said, burp and comb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you guys ready? Uh, Is it recording? No, I'm not ready. Hold on. Uh, you let me know confirming, when you're ready. Confirming 1030 tonight. Mm. Absolutely, man. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Now we're ready. There we go. Um, we need to wear this. Oh, should I wear it too? I'll wear one. You, you can wear them. Or it doesn't matter. I mean, it's good to kind of hear yeah. to see if the... Jack, this way, ah, you can loud. hear the levels now. Yeah. This is actually now you can hear the levels. Is it going? Hey, this is Augustus Bradshaw. Welcome to the Nick Vatterot Show. Nick Vatterot cannot make it this week. He's fed up with the whole thing. So uh, instead, it's me, Augustus Bradshaw. I have a vigor for podcasts. I'm excited about podcasts. Nick Vatterot is over them. He hates them. He does not like doing them. He, he, he is want no part of them, but... I'm an up and comer. I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a I'm I'm wet behind the ears. I'm uh, fresh off the boat. Uh, I also don't know what a lot of sayings mean, but I'm very excited to do a podcast. Ah! And I have on the show today. I have uh ow, fuck me and the goddamn dick hole. Oh man! Oh, I hurt my shit on the thing. Oh, can we edit this out? No. I knew I'd ruin it. Mike, Mike Dobbins, everybody. I'm so sorry I'm being not professional at the very top, but Mike Dobbins, one of my favorite comedians. Hello, how are you? Welcome to my show. I'm doing pretty good, Augustus. <laughs> Mike, I'm sorry that I uh, lashed Banged out. your shit? <laughs> yeah, you ever do that? Yeah, man. Ow, fuck. It's all, that's the palest, whitest leg you've ever seen, huh? Look at that yeah, guy. Oh, God, and you shave, it looks like you shave different areas. I know, it looks like that. It's my pants rubbing up against the shins in the winter. Well, you look at that same leg in the summer, it's going to be a lot more hair. Uh, but right now, the pants kind of shave it off as they walk. The back of my uh, calf is lose, has lost hair because of the pant rub thing you're talking about. It is. And I, when I was a kid, I would wonder where the hair was going, and I, I figured it out myself. It's the pant. The pant's just pulling it all out, you know? Yeah. Um... Mike, thank you, sir. Thank you for being on the show. This is my—I've never done a podcast before, but I've listened to tons of them. So I'm ripping a lot of the questions that I'm going to ask you out of the majority of podcasts that I have listened to. Okay. And just to tell you, um, I don't listen to any of them, mm -hmm. and uh, let's see, I—but uh, I have done two of them before. Which two did you do? Oh, this one guy, uh, his name's Lance Weiss. He has one because he has a show called Gandhi Is That You? And then he tried to have a podcast to uh, promote the show. And then uh, the other one was this guy who uh, was in like the downtown art star scene. And I still haven't heard it yet. And that was, uh, he, he recorded talk, me talking about going over to Edinburgh Festival. And then I like dropped out and didn't go but i uh got the tickets and uh the passport and all that shit and then just said you know what i'd rather be in a movie <laughs> in the states because that's all that matters but isn't edinburgh the gateway to movies no it sounds like 
I don't want to say too much because I have some Scots over there that are uh, still pretty pissed. And uh, you, you know, say it was Scots a like it's a slur. Yeah, yeah. Well, it might be. You fucking Scot. Yeah, maybe ten uh, percent of my blood is Scot. You're Scottish. You come I, off a little William Wallace. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lance Weiss, uh, great comedian. Gandhi, uh, is that you? Um, uh, with Mr. Fitzgibbons. Yeah. Um, down there in the um, Lower East Side at Lucky Jack's. Yeah. One of the greatest comedy shows in New York City. The greatest comedy city in the world. Yeah, let's uh, plug someone else's podcast <laughs> for the sake of plugging uh, fucking nits. That's brilliant, man. I want to spend most of the time talking about Lance Weiss. Is that okay? Hey, man, I'm sure he'd enjoy it. I like Lance. I want to have those guys on the show. Uh, if Nick has me back, Nick Nick got fed up with podcasts, so you don't listen to him. Nick's tired of him. He hates him. He doesn't like listening to him. He doesn't like doing them. Uh, he's just over the whole thing. You, on the other hand, has you you never got tired of it because you've never given him a chance. Right, because people told me about Mark Maron wins and shit, and I'm, they're, I'm just behind. I don't know how many that I'm supposed to listen to to be... Uh, I guess uh, more legitimate as a comedian and shit, or at least to know what's going on. Do you I feel, see? I don't know. Is anything going on? It's. I don't know if you're missing out on anything. I the the the. You said the one that Lance did. They never aired it. Oh, they they might have, but I mean, I never went on. What are you supposed to? Are you supposed to access podcasts from on iTunes? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I guess that I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I it's asked your him, first I get, one. I guess yeah. I get mine through uh 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 what TuneCore? Uh I I do it through uh 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 pod pod pods like us. Yeah. Um what is it other ones? Uh iTunes is one. You can get an application and uh and get them to subscribe to your phone. What's the other one we do? SoundCloud. But there is a pods are us. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pods are us. But uh, yeah. I mean, can you get viruses off of that? Oh, I, I, I'd I think, be scared. I think most podcasts are just an hour-long virus. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one you did? The Dark Star Orchestra. Oh, no. You said. Yeah. No. Nah, man. Yeah. Man. Uh, we just uh, watch Dark Star Orchestra play in uh, Albany, <laughs> uh, like some big amphitheater, and uh, they had a light show, and then I just talked about. Uh, Oh, my hatred of toilet paper. Oh, you don't like it. You, no, you're against it. Toilet paper that's the uh, the thick shit that's like uh, Charmin. Oh. I, I, people always complain about stuff that's like the sandpaper, but that's... Uh, I can't believe I'm not even screaming about it. You know, I... I just, you can scream. Adjust the volumes. He's about to scream. I can't stand <laughs> Charmin toilet paper! Go ahead. Scream whenever you're ready. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, I should have waited a few seconds, guys. So you don't like the you don't like it? No, nah, man, because it just breaks off, and then you okay. This is reality. Uh, you know, the hand uh, ends up having to touch that area. Ultimately, like the paper's supposed to be thick, so you won't get any of the uh, microbes on the hand, mm -hmm. ideally. But then you still have to get those things out, and it's just like a what is that? A, a black hole? No, mm -hmm. like a, a butthole. A butthole is a black hole, but I just meant like a a wormhole or a vortex. Mm. Uh, or a cycle or a twilight zone mm -hmm. of it just keep you create uh, debris you break off debris you remove the debris if you only did that with the you know I shouldn't say this because I, I may have to do a Charmin spot down the road <laughs> and now I'm like screwed Charmin's okay as long as 
No, well, if you if you book a Charmin spot, we'll edit that part out. Okay, I appreciate it. It'll be it. like, I think that Charmin is a great product, a great and product. I think that it is the yeah, best yeah. thing for your butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I have a yeah. I have a I have a butt problem. You you know, comedy is all about being honest. You got to be honest. If it's not honest and it's not comedy, you gotta be truthful. Be vulnerable. Leave a piece of yourself on stage. All right. So I gotta be. This is a deep thing. I've never told anybody. Uh, it's 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 very personal. Therefore, it's the funniest thing ever. Uh, uh by the logarithm of the uh, alt darlings that dictate us of what uh, comedy is. Well. Um, when I wipe my butt, I, uh, I, I, and it's weird because I never get to talk about this. This is what being honest is all about. I wipe my butt and there, I wipe it, but the butt, I don't, I, there's still a little bit of brown every time I wipe. It's still a little bit of brown, 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 a little bit of red, a little bit of brown, a little bit of red, a little bit of brown, less brown, more red, less brown, more red. There's a little bit of red, a little bit of red, a little bit of brown, a little bit of brown. And at one point, I eventually have to, whole fucking bowl is filled with a roll. Yeah, it's half black, it's half, it's half brown, half red. And I'm like, well, there's still brown. Yep. So I haven't gotten it all, mm-hmm. but the red is increasing. So I think there's a point where I just go, you know what? This is a good medium, a good compromise of red and brown. I'm not gonna get rid of all the brown. There's just well, an increasingly an alarming amount of red. It's funny how there's different buttholes in the world, you know? Because mine, uh, I'll just go until it's about all red, and then I know there's no more brown, and then uh, I can deal with that because then it'll just. I guess scab up or whatever the hell, you know. So you go until there's no more brown and no red. more red. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. I go until it's just red and then I just uh, walk Until it's just the- red. So this okay. is a normal thing. Eight million buttholes in this city. That's what they say about New York. The city that never wipes right. Right, man. Um, let's get into it. We already have, oh my gosh, time is just flying by. It's a flat circle. Now, I know that because a lot of open mic comedians keep using that as a reference for their jokes. I want to talk about stand-up comedy, all right? Yeah, I, go to a, I go to a lot of open mics, okay? I, I do a lot of uh, 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 open microphones around the city. Uh, I, I get up, I'd say, once a month at least, all right? And I get up. And I uh, and I I talk about honest honest comedy. Yeah, man. It but, probably kills, man. Oh, it kills. You know, I mean, it 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 it. it ah. Sometimes I feel my goal isn't to kill. My goal isn't to get laughs. My goal is to, for people to go. That was very honest. That was very honest of him. Yeah. I think it should be called stand up honesty. Because I see me, the honesty is more important than the comedy of it. Now, you're a comedian that I love a lot. When did you, and I, I, let me ask you, I've been waiting to ask this question because I've heard it on three million podcasts. And I've, I'm finally, I'm so glad I get to finally ask this question. Mike Dobbins, when did you know you were funny? I'll see here. Hmm. I'm going to try to be honest here. Please only be honest. It's the only way it'll be funny. Um, you know what's whacked out about that? Um, um, it's just because it's like sort of subjective. You know, like with it just uh, whatever person you meet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I uh, I have the confidence to try to be honest on stage, mm-hmm. and I, like you, I mean, it, it's that's the most important thing to me. Just to be honest. It's to be honest. So honesty on stage. I try. To, I'm trying to forget like when I was funny or to be driven to go and 
to you know one of these open microphones right and and be uh funny i i care more about honesty so i'm really just trying to put that behind me so that it can be um sure that uh nobody will be laughing Mm -hmm. and then that will be you know i'll be executing the new kill Mm -hmm. uh silently nodding in agreement is the new kill that's the when the audience kill. is all with their arms folded, nodding silently in agreement, and not walking out, and not but also not out, laughing, but not laughing. That right. is the new kill. Yes. Um, when you were a kid, do okay. you remember you were funny as a kid before you were funny as an adult? Yeah. What do you remember being funny as a kid? Did you goof around in the in the schoolings? Did you were you a class clown? That started. Yeah, I mean imitating the principal or imitating teachers mm-hmm. or imitating other students or imitating Balki Bartokamas from uh uh what the fuck is that a perfect perfect America or burst that was the con that was the theme of the show but for Balki to get to this place what the hell was that show called uh, uh strangers that are perfect strange perfect strangers oh yeah that's what it was strangers that are perfect <laughs> if you're in slot slot uh Latvia is that where he was from I don't know. I think it was made up. That's why I didn't like that show because he was, it wasn't honest where he was really from. Yeah. Do you really think it was America or Burst or is that a comedy writer going, let's put a joke? I'm, sometimes I'm like, oh, a joke? Disgusting. Not in my yeah. comedy. Not now, not these days. You would get guffaws from your classmates. That's right. And it, more so even in like ninth grade, uh, high school, and then community college, and then college, and then after. And did you do comedy, uh, uh, any format for your, was there a, a, a platform for your comedy uh, back then? Did you do theater? Did you write a column in the kindergarten newspaper? Oh, that, there was some theater. I played uh, E.T. at <laughs> E.T.'s first Christmas. Uh, that, I played that and uh, I had to study the voice on the the LP of uh, Michael Jackson singing and shit and then uh, you know these little bits of E.T. talking to Elliot and so all that so it's E.T. Michael Jackson and Christmas all, all in one for this play that I was in where I was the lead as E.T. I'm <laughs> how did the what was this how, was this related to the E.T. movie storyline or was this a separate storyline separate storyline now what is the storyline he comes back to Earth because E.T. ends with him leaving and he, right. he comes back for Christmas. Well, I mean, I don't know if we got into that. I mean, E.T., uh, it's just where E.T., before E.T. goes back, I think, I mean, he's going to have to be on Earth because mm-hmm. these new these new people that E.T. came into contact, because Elliot wasn't in the play. The guy <laughs> they who cut Elliot. <laughs> so they cut Elliot, they cut Drew Barrymore and all that. It was just these people from West Virginia that were about in third grade. Playing and, themselves. Uh, playing themselves. <laughs> and then uh, me wearing like a, you know, a Peace Goods uh, designed E.T. Con- uh, costume that looked pretty much like E.T. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what were some of the songs from that play? Well, it wasn't a musical. Uh, it oh, was... Uh, it was but Michael Jackson that, was in it. No, no. What I meant is just that I bought this LP that had Michael Jack... Like, inside the book had, uh, you know, Michael Jackson next to E.T. or holding E.T. or something like that. And then Michael Jackson, I think, did a track or two for the E.T. soundtrack. So, oh, again, it was okay. just like, you know... I'm bringing up that I remembered that from the LP while I was just really focused on getting E.T.'s voice down, and I also went to see the movie a few times. But if you ask me, like, I kind of know what happened in the movie now, but I forgot, you know. Can you do the voice still? See, the, the, I'm going to become right. more of a baritone through the... 
What's amazing is your your finger is lighting up. That's right, That's man. Because you touch you with the ET's finger, man, you you, you will not die. No, There's, he cures everything. Yeah, I think that. he heals people. I don't think he solved uh, death. But they sent him back. Yeah. This guy could cure everybody on our planet. They give him the. Fu- oh, we want to send him back home to his people. Did you like in Star Wars when they were in the big? Uh, uh, they were that big meeting. The big town hall meeting, and they cut to all of the aliens from the galaxy, and there were some ETs in the balcony. We uh, yeah, I remember that. Shit. You're talking about the one that came out in like 2002. You're talking about yeah, you're, you're the good about, ones. That was. <laughs> uh, you mean the best one? Phantom of the Menace. Best best Star Wars Phantom Phantom of the Menace. Menace was the best of all the Star Wars. Yeah, man. Do you know they made some before that? This was before my time. What? They apparently there was some prequels before. So the ones that came out in the 2000s, there was some prequels before that. They came out like in like like 1960 or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Old as fuck. You watch it and you're like it's all in black and white. Clark Gable is like sashaying down a staircase yeah. and, and it's like it's like punching but it's like dance punching. It's awful. Yeah, never saw any of those. If they're online, you can look at them. Uh, you can go to a movie theater. <laughs> you get uh, from the olden days. Might have it. Might, you know. Um. So you okay? So you're out. You're out and about. Yeah, but, but let me say this, man. Oh. The ET shit wasn't really even that funny. Oh, it was a serious take on ET. Yeah, a man. dramatic ET. It was a dramatic ET. So I'm bringing all that shit up. It's funny now that I guess I played ET. Right. And, uh, I don't play ET today. Right. Some. Would you reprise the role? If the money was right. If the money was right. If the money was right. Get a little Charmin sponsor in there. Get Charmin to back it. Product placement. E.T. White butt. Let me see if I can get that out. Can you do that one? It's you know it sounds like he's shitting, so I think the Charmin sponsor is actually perfect. Shit out of his eyeballs. Yeah, your eyeballs were glowing red in that. Yeah. Uh, shit out your eyeballs. That's something my uncle used to say. Yeah, well, shit out my eyeballs and call me your aunt. He was going through a thing at the time. Yeah. Um. So after you kill it on the stage and screen of someone who taped that stage show, you graduate from schoolage. And then you go out into the world and you say, you know what? What 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 did Mike Dobbins? What was Mike? What was Mike Dobbins' agenda? Was he like? Did you want to say comedy right away? Did you? Did the other people kind of push you in that direction and say, you know, Mike, you should you should be you should be on that that comedy stage? Well, you know what, Augustus. I spent my years after college watching Saturday Night Live on Comedy Central. I watched episodes.
windows and sat there drinking beers. And then I went and got Subway sandwiches. And I sat there and I would not go do temp jobs. I just focused and studied on Chris Farley and Mike Myers and Molly Shannon. And I said, SNL, SNL, consume it. And I found out that UCB had finally opened a theater in New York. They said, oh, someday, someday I'll get to New York out of Washington, D.C. And then I'll get on Saturday Night Live. And, uh, so you know, it, that was the roots. Oh, okay. So it was like a subtle moment. Yeah. It was a subtle. <laughs> it was just a, uh, uh, just a, went just for, <laughs> you had a, a thought come into your mind for one little moment. Yeah. You know, I'm going to give this a whirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so you were in D.C. Did you do comedy in D.C.? That's where it started at Wiseacres Comedy Club in a Best Western out in Tyson's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you do sketch comedy out there? Improvisation. This lawyer had a one-night uh, improv class, and that was probably the first taste of doing improv uh, short-form shit. Short-form. Whose line is it anyway? Right. Uh, Wayne- With no audience. Wayne Brady and... <laughs> Wayne Brady type stuff. Did you... Um, maybe we should do some short-form. Maybe we'll, we'll do short-form towards the end. If, hey, if we man, remember to whatever, do it. if I can remember how. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's like riding a bike. It's very hard, and I never learned how to do it. So... <laughs> <laughs> so you but you were inspired by the Saturday Night Lives. You were you said this is something I can do. This is something uh uh I I tell you what I we used to do Yeah, tell me about you. I used to do characters in uh my house. Mm-hmm. Uh and I used to do characters to myself. Mm-hmm. And uh and I loved I who did you love on I, my favorites were the Dana's Car, Dana Carvey's Church Lady uh, Phil Hartman's Yeah, oh yeah, uh, great. Uh they were they were great. Uh they were uh uh inspiring. Do you have, Now do you have like, there's other people it, it seems to me that a lot of people want to do characters. A lot of people want to do sketch. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be <laughs> People who want to do sketch. <laughs> I'm going to move to New York and do sketch. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. We're, Not you, but, you know. Yeah, but the, other people. Yeah, yeah. Sketch <laughs> comedy. God, man. Do you go and watch a lot of sketch? Yeah, it's the only way I can have an orgasm. <laughs> it's after one sketch, and then it's going to be an improv theater, and then I go home, and I record it on my iPhone, and I listen to the sketches. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so you like it, is yeah. what you're saying. You enjoy it. I can't uh, procreate without it. <laughs> Into a sock. <laughs> the, it, I love the sketch, but there's, there doesn't seem to be a lot of catalysts in the business to do characters. You have your Saturday Night Lives, you know, but outside of that, it's all the rest of the industry seems to be I'm boring, I'm boring, twenty-something-year-old, vaguely attractive person. Mm-hmm. You know, where where do you take characters after? Where do you take characters after? Matt TV, that ship sailed down the goddamn fucking mm-hmm. stairs. Yeah, uh, and Saturday Night Live. Uh, you do the characters there. Peter Sellers was a guy. He was able to take right. characters into movies, but not a lot of people are able to do that. Do you see, or am I blanking? I Don't guess about Will, Sasha Baron. Uh, you're there. You go. You're. I guess you have your Will, your Will Ferrells, your Sasha uh, Baron. It's a handful, though. I guess. Yeah. 
Why do you feel like why not? Is the why does the audience love Saturday Night Live so much, but they don't seem to like characters in movies so much? They want so they want real people in movies. Yeah. I don't know. I could be a fa- I mean to be serious, man. I mean it could just be a phase and it might come back. Back to where we went. Back to the old Hot Shots days. Yeah. Hot Shots. Hot Shots part deux. Yeah, yeah. And All those and ba- what about the shit about the baseball with Charlie Sheen? Or did it have a lot of characters in there or not? What was that shit called? Major League. Major League. That was pretty character-y. Yeah. Oh, oh, everything now is, uh, I'm just trying to make, I just want to find love and I'm a frustrate. Oh. Osage County. Are we August Osage County? <laughs> No, 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 that, I'm doing Southern. But I guess they were down South. I'll, yeah, they were. So, yeah, that's right. August, Osage County, Meryl Streep. I love, I love, I love Meryl Streep, favorite comedian. Ah. She's hilarious. Do you get tired of seeing Paul Rudd going, I'm having a hard time? A little. You're Paul Rudd! The good thing about me is I just watch the shit and everything that comes out except for Desolation of Smog and uh, what else? That's a Hobbit movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a Hobbit comedy, a, I only watch a few movies in the theater. I saw Imitation Game. Oh, that, that's where they cut off the dude's balls, right? I might be more. <laughs> they were threatening it, to it do it. It might be more than that. They might have cut him off every day. I don't know, man. No. Um, okay. But so the point uh, is, I'm saying like Paul Rudd. I mean, if I do it, at least for me, I don't have to. Let me see. I get a few months before I'll cut it off because I just watch right. shit like after it comes out. The um, uh, the Paul Rudd. <laughs> The Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd is nothing against Paul Rudd. I love me some Paul Rudd, but you got all these actors that are these. Uh, uh, oh, women love me, but in this movie, I'm having a hard time because the woman I like is giving me the business, and that and what that's about as funny as movies get these days. It seems like what yeah. happened to this raucous slapstick. Kick your dick in the fucking balls and put a dress on them and make them your wife. Whatever happened to that? You know, just to be serious here, man, I think it's uh, I think it's a phase. I think it could, I think it could transition out at some point. You just have to, you have to hang in there. We're gonna go back to where we were before. Yeah, we're gonna go back to Goofy Town. Yeah, we're gonna go back to Giggle Biz. Yeah, man. I think what it is. Can I, can I make my predictions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. You know who I think the gra- next uh, great comedic actor is gonna be? Liam Neeson. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going to have a Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, post-drama, getting a comedy career. I'm calling it right now. He's going to he's gonna be, he's going to be, uh, I, I have a particular set of skillets that I can cook on. He was on that Ricky Gervais show. He was on the Ricky Gervais show. That's, that, that, that solidifies my prediction. And he was hilarious on it. You need great actors to do comedy. And that's what's going to happen. Aren't there a few surprises? I mean, again, I've, I've tried to get the DVD a couple of times for the Tim and Eric thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I got into about maybe a minute. But I but I was able to catch the guy who was a character actor for, like, he works for the Coen brothers where he was in Fargo and the other things. Like the guy who was with uh, Buscemi. Uh, and he got he put him in the uh, grinder. But you know, but that was What's that guy name? was in a t- the Tim and Elliot shit, or what the fuck, Tim and Eric. I think the Tim Bob Odenkirk. No, no, no. he was in Nebraska. Patrick Riley. But that's where the comedic guy switches into drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, wait, which wait, is wait. totally what the fuck I'm doing, man. You're you're. <laughs> 
No, I, I, you I, were great. Right. You were lying. Yeah, no, I know you. Were, I motherfucking lie. I know you. You were an ET. You were a great dramatic actor in then the I Christmas ET. Right. That was not. That was drama. My rules is drama. Yeah, it was drama. Right. You're gonna break out of drama and try to. Because you're a great actor. But I'm out. Get out of that game. Get into the as sort of a swan. You've accomplished everything. I've always wanted to do comedy. I've always right. I've always enjoyed comedy. Right. right. I fucking hate when guys do that. I, you know what? I like doing a comedy every once in a while. Right. I like, uh, I like mixing it up. I like, uh, well, I, uh, I think it's a fun thing to do a little bit of a uh, comedy. It's fun. We all have a good time. Uh, Sean, what, why am I blanking on his name? Sean Patrick Riley. John C. Riley. Well, John Sean C. Patrick Riley. Hanley, I think, is a. John Patrick Han Shanley wrote uh, Doubt. With uh, Meryl Streep and uh, Phil, the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Well, I yeah, I guess. But John sure. C. Riley, they put his ass. They put took John C. Riley ass. Put his. Oh wait, yeah, they put his fuck. What? They, there's two guys that look like each other. John C. Riley and this other dude looks just like him. John Cena. The 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 little fucker that used to have the tennis racket that was the manager for the Iron Sheik. Or, no, is that who you're talking about? I think John Cena is some wrestling guy. I don't Midnight know. Midnight Express. Midnight Express. Who's that? Who are we thinking of? Midnight Express person? Yeah. Midnight Express. Oh, oh, oh. Barely. Oh. That little fuck. The manager. Well, we don't want to get off. We are on I'm nine tangents at the same time. But I'm talking about John C. Riley. They put his ass on Broadway in fucking uh, Chicago. Uh, almost as bad. They put him in a streetcar named Desire, man. Oh, did they really? And I don't know if I didn't go see it, but I don't know how I feel about that. That was a while ago. Who? Randy Quaid. Randy, you're thinking of Randy, great actor, great dramatic, great dramatic actor, Randy Quaid is who you're thinking of. Oh, you mean, yo, you mean Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> Brokeback Mountain, Randy Quaid. After he did fucking uh, National Lampoon. That's right. Randy Quaid and John C. Riley were the actors in Brokeback Mountain. All right. So right. we have it all. Uh, we have it all with figured Matt, out. With there. really good makeup artists. <laughs> John C. Riley looked up. Look a hell of a lot like Jake Gyllenhaal's ass. I've said this time and time again. Don't pony up. Why pay eight million dollars for an actor when you can pay a hundred thousand dollars for a really good makeup artist to make them look like that actor? I've said that. No I've doubt. said that time. I've just said it one time. But if I say it a second time, I'll say time and time. Um, you uh, you mentioned the Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Uh, a it's a, it's a great show. People love that show. On the Adult Swim, they have the, uh, a two man of cooks. Did you see this video? <laughs> what And it went viral. It was, it was, it, it, it had an impact on comedy like no one had seen for years. And I think that's where comedy is going to go. Every time I look over, there's more people over in the corner over there. What are you guys, a bunch of rabbits? I, uh, so I think that's what it is. I think that's where comedy is going to go. I think it's going to be, it's going to be Liam Neeson in a two hour long, too many cooks type of ridiculous, absurd movie. That's where comedy will be in 45 years. Now tell me about the uh, premise of Too Many Cooks, man. You don't know Too Many Cooks? No, man. Too Many Cooks. You guys know Too Many Cooks, right? It's a viral sensation. Basically, what these guys... <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh, 
When I originally I heard too many cooks, I thought it was uh, the the uh, the new uh, the, the the title for the new Dane Cook album. Yeah, and just like him playing like thirty different Dane Cooks. Too many cooks, and he plays thirty <laughs> different Dane Cooks. Yeah, it's, it's not that. Turns out not that. Uh, what it is is they go. Uh, it's a eighties. It's a fable. It's a, a fictitious eighties intro, and uh, they start introducing the characters. And instead of going on for 40 seconds, it goes on for about 12 minutes. And nobody's seen anything like that ever. It's amazing. It's mind-blowing. I shit, I shit out a goddamn full Burger King Whopper when I saw that. That's how amazing it was. You got to see it. You would, I mean, everybody's seen it. I, my, my roommate brought, woke me up in the morning going, did you hear you know, some people are like, some people are like, where were you when you found out about 311? To me, I say, where were you when you found out about Too Many Cooks? I mean, you know what? Too Many Cooks, man, just hearing about this, I'm just, it just makes me so happy that I'm studying on how to use my body to, uh, you know, use lotion on my hands to keep them like a woman's hands, but still be able to break through like fucking like 10 goddamn 12 by fours. That's you the same way as I felt. But you seem happy word about for it. Word. Whereas me, it just turns me into a raised ball, man. Oh, uh, I, I, I sort of have an inverse personality. What you ever see is the exact opposite of how I feel at any given moment. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when I say it's good to see you, you really start going inside your head of what like, I truly nah, mean. You hate my ass. Um. Okay, we got to keep going. We um. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, ready, ready. Um. So your so your first so uh, what do you love about comedy? These are all questions I've heard from every podcast I've ever heard that I have to ask you. Well, your your family and friends always told you you were funny, right? The friends told me I was funny. What do the family say? They who are you and how'd you get into my house? They told me that if I did, I was gonna burn in hell. Did you have evang evangelical evangelical? But no, they were just being. They were just telling the truth. They're tell what do they want you to do? What did they want Mike Dobbins? They wanted to suppress Mike Dobbins' greatness yep. and, and 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 put it in a sock drawer and and break it out uh, uh, around the holidays. <laughs> uh, wanted me to be working a, a Union Carbide factory. A carbide? No, Union Carbide make chemicals. Chemicals? Yeah, man. That's what they wanted for you. They thought that's where your talents lie. Yeah, my dad thought I would be good at working in, in human, Union Carbide. Is that what he did for a living? Was that his legacy? Nope. What did he do? He taught. He phys taught. Ed. So he wanted you to do something that had nothing to do with what he did. That's right. He would. Do you think? As long he, as I didn't do comedy. Do you think he seriously always wanted to work in a carbide factory? I think and, he did, and, and but he I think to, he couldn't deal with the people. So he wanted to vicariously live that dream through you. Right. He was like, and so he put you in like. Did you do like junior chemical factory stuff when you were a kid? What's fucked up is that I didn't even make it to that. You didn't even do that. No. I'm sorry. So he didn't like that. That was like a life that he like rammed down your throat, and you were like, I don't want. Your carbide life. That's right. Like that was never a moment. You never had a varsity blues chemical factory well, moment. I mean, I, I battle with it still to this day. I mean, you know, I guess I could still go to a Union Carbide factory and uh, in uh, what Ashtabula, Ohio, if they still have one there. Oh, Ashtabula. Oh, they just got a new wing. Yeah. Yeah. They do. I could go there. Oils now. I don't know if they'd hire me. But I the think that they'd hire you. Yeah. But I don't know, man. That's the battle. I think you'd be too much of a cut up on the floor. Yeah, I think they. I think no work would get done. Yeah. They'd be, hey, uh, Mike's talking again. Uh, these these fluorites can extinguish themselves. 
<laughs> I don't know how chemicals work. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know either, man. I guess it would just like expose myself to the chemicals with the job he wanted me to have. He didn't want me to engineer chemicals. Oh, they didn't want you they to come up with new me chemicals. to wear suits and burn them and just like stand by the pipes and let the chemicals flow through the pipes and like turn this valve and uh, <laughs> turn this valve on, turn this valve off, that type of job. So val valver. Yeah, like a valve or whatever type of job that yeah, is. Yeah, valve is not as glamorous, but if you were to like make up new chemicals, that'd be very, I'd be interested. That'd be, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So, okay, ready? Here we go. Um, and more questions from every podcast I've ever heard. Ready? What was your worst gig ever? Well, sir, I mean, uh, have you, go ahead. Have you ever been heckled? Was it a heckling situation? Yeah, no, I mean, I've, bom I've uh, bombed to the point of where I'm getting yelled at uh, about three times, but uh, it was like one was at Jazz on the Park with uh, Randy Apley, and then one was at Teabag down in Chinatown. But luckily they were just open mics, no bombs when it came down to, you know, making some cash. There wasn't, uh, but it, do you have like a time, so let's say non-open non mic, regular okay. show. all right. Just... I mean, was there like... I was. I, I kind of shit myself a little the first time, like going out of the city, going up to the Thirsty Turtle and uh, and uh, can and wait, da uh, something something can, damn not Danbury, Canada. It was in Connecticut. Connecticut, Connecticut, yeah. Connecticut, 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 New Jersey. Yeah, and it was, and I was trying to do my shit where I don't have a where I have a fourth wall up. I'm really into my, you know. Things I'm doing on stage, little characters, little musical things and shit like that. But it's like a bar environment, and I just still commit. And you know, they're just getting really loud because there's not that connection. You have, uh, I like. You have one of the most original uh, uh, attacks. Uh, the way you attack the stage, the way you perform on stage, your comedy on stage is one of the most original in New York City. Uh, and I say that I I love watching you every time. Uh, it's one of the more unique things, uh, and I and that's why I feel like so much comedy is a, is is a variation of the same thing. I love watching you so much because it's 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 Appreciate so much it. different. Do you do you find that? Um, I guess maybe two things. One, what you do that I, I assume because that's the comedy that you like. That's what you find funny. Do you ever do you ever look at yourself and say? You know, like, do you find it more frustrating to go that route? Because, you know, it's so much easier to go up on stage and go, Hey, guys, I just jerked off and this weird cum thing happened. Weird yeah. cum story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then and the audience loves it. And you're like, well, shit, I could do that and everybody would love me. Uh, but that's not what I want to do. I want to do this thing. Uh, and it's so much more interesting and original and funny. Uh, but sometimes people are too stupid, like at this bar show you're talking about. They look over at the stage. And uh, because, like, your comedy is a very performance, it's very performance. Well, definitely back at that point, too. I mean, let me make one comment. It's yes. like uh, in the last five years, I feel that I've learned to get rid of that fourth wall, be in a situation where I have to do some whatever the you know the crowd work thing or shut someone up or whatever and then get back into something so at least like through experience I've learned how to deal with that but in the beginning I was definitely panicking uh you know where it was a performance and like yeah and uh you know I was discouraging for that moment but then I go do another one and then you know always usually comedians have been very supportive about it and then uh you know the way I look at it is like it, it probably fits for a theater it fits for people that want to come watch it but that was even like five or six years ago, but now, you know, I think it would be fine regardless. I'm just glad I got over the hump of being able to deal with the audience on a personal level and then maybe take them into a 
thing that's more like fantasy or shit, but not about like sex shit. But you know, the uh, it, it is when you in like many of these shows in New York where it is you have to kind of grab the attention of the audience. They're like yeah. looking over and watching the the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're doing uh, not the most traditional stand up. Uh, they sometimes look over and go, what is that? Uh, it's not what I'm used to. Therefore, I feel like I'm not going to wa- wa- give it a chance uh, because I'm used to, if I don't hear penis or dick or cum in the first three seconds, I'm just going to watch this football game instead. Whereas yeah. if you go into a black box theater where you go yeah. to a stage where yeah. there's an actual yeah. stage that yeah. actually warrants people's attention, people will give a more different original comedy a chance because they are like, oh, it's a stage. Yeah. Let's see a stage. Let's see a theatrical. Let's see something. Um, and well, so you're, you're saying that you've, you've sort of figured out a way to balance. Balance that. And then also early on, because I was more nervous about uh, knowing that I was going to do performances more than breaking the fourth wall. One time, uh, you know, I do remember just starting at the entrance of the bar and then getting on the ground and doing elephant seal, which I've done for like 11 or 12 years and just like going through the bar as an elephant seal. And then everybody, it catches the attention and it's like, there's really nothing they can do about it. So then, they're just, you know, cause they would, it's really so far from their world that they're in as another human being behaving in this way. So I think they get a little joy out of that shit, and then they gets the attention. They'll say, "Okay, I'll go with you wherever you're gonna go." So that's okay, go, ahead, go ahead. No, no, that's I think that's about it. I mean, so there's been ups and downs, and so it's yeah. it's the opposite as opposed to going, "Oh, this isn't something I'm used to." I'm not going. It is like, "Oh, this is not something I'm used to." I want to see what this thing is. That's happened, and if that had not happened, maybe I would would have been more discouraged uh, about the approach. You know what I mean? But at least. Uh, yeah, man, and another thing about bombs is like bombs can go bad. Like, I and the other thing early on is if I would try to be uh, very personal, it just died. <laughs> I mean, like it, it, would, it was just it's, it was just depressing. Like if I just wanted to make up some joke about uh, my job or something like that, the room is just completely <laughs> silent. So I just thought like you might as well perform and just utilize that thing. You know what I mean? Because not everybody does it, you know, so whatever, you know. Where did you draw from to decide this is something you could do on stage? Who, who I mean, like for a better term, inspired you or, or gave you permission or was like, or was like kind of like a uh, light went on. Oh, stand up can be this. It can be a little bit. Well, it, it doesn't this have to it. be a one liners and talking about the supermarket. Well, you know. I kind of got it. Kind of got old saying this over and over again, but I mean, it's 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 truthful. Is like seeing some of the early, God. I just want to like uh, slap myself. Uh, That's what this podcast is. No, no, no. But just have to say it because it's true. It's like uh, watching like oh God, Should watching I say Andy it? Kaufman's performances sure. and these clubs things and shit like that. Then I was like, that's interesting, and uh, you can take the you can take the venue and then turn it into a different thing. So I have to say that you know, without looking at his early stuff, and that we're going back like now at least like thirteen years. So at least I'm not talking about him now. Like just it, it, there's nothing against anybody now. Just getting in talking about. Him. I'm just saying I you know I had to, I went into comedy clubs. And I did shit inspired by what he was doing a long time ago. So I give myself a little pat on the back for that. There's like, a, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, it's you're, you're, you're throwing up in your mouth saying it because it's annoying hearing comedians say, uh, I, 
sit up there and go, I went up for five minutes and I didn't tell one joke. Because yeah. that's what Andy Kaufman would do. Right. And it's, but frustr- it, it's infuriating that, that I've seen about 12 comics go up on stage, stand there for the whole time and get off stage. And, 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 and I know they're doing it because they saw Andy Kaufman. And they all yeah. thought they did the. And they all thought of it on their own. And they all thought they were like really breaking ground doing it. And you're like, no, you're fucking misinterpreting Andy Kaufman's whole thing. If you want to, and ever also people that aren't Andy Kaufman fans, when you say that you're influenced by Andy Kaufman, right. they always go, oh, so you think you're, you're anti-comedy? You think it's right. funny not to be funny? Right. And that's not it. That's I think if something's it. funny, it's funny, and it's just like what else can be funny? And I, right. I, I go with that. Uh, uh, you know that uh, view of it, and um, but you know, so, I mean, but let me say this because for the people that um, you know, I feel like I, it might sound like I'm attacking them in terms of like what you just said too, with where they go on stage and they stand there. It's an, that could be an exercise, but I have actually imitated him to an extent. Like at the Improv in Orlando, starting now was like the first time getting like a, a, a guest spot, so to speak. So I went out, I had a blazer on, I had uh, some shirt on, and then I played an instrument and then sang a song like operatically or whatever you want to call it. So, I mean, a guy even just called it out that was in the audience after he goes, yo, do you like Andy Kaufman? Because again, man, when you're starting out, you get your little, you're going to just try to figure out what the hell you're going to do next. And um, I'd say even if someone was into Kennison or... Uh, anybody, you know what I mean? They're going to probably be like that in the beginning and then try to break out and get their voice later. Exactly, exactly. And also want to give a, not a plug, but whatever, to the to the first comedians I saw at Wiseacres. I mean, those are the people that I was seeing. Uh, to Those are the real people that I was seeing on a stage because that was the only place I was going to for about a year before I even tried it. So huge influence. Yeah, and one guy, he I think he produces the show at the Arlington Draft House in Oh, DC yeah, now. great, Andy great room. Klein. I've not been there yet. I used to work there actually. I was a dishwasher there when it was actually a movie theater uh, before they did it's, comedy. They still do comedy. They still do movie there. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, anyway, I, yeah, uh, so that's um, so that is a huge it, it, yeah. He's a huge influence because he was sort of a guy who said, "Hey, uh, uh, comedy can be. What else can comedy be?" Or maybe it won't even be about comedy, but then maybe the situation will be funny, but you'd have to see the tape of it or you'd have to have a memory of it. Uh-huh. Like you take, uh, yeah, it's just uh, taking a, uh, a place and then fucking with the place. Yeah. And then screwing with the people in the place. Uh, I mean, that kind of uh, philosophy or something, I guess. But now, I mean, I know I've done sets now where I look like a comedian who is who I enjoy that would just – Whatever, man. Like, uh, this isn't any... Di- okay, so Nick DiPaolo is funny to me or whatever, but he's always just told jokes. I don't think there's ever been a f- fourth wall. Sure. I think I've even done that for 15, 20 minutes because I thought that, that was interesting to me as well. And uh, another thing is I always like to enjoy watching Rich Voss and then other people were like, whatever, ups and downs, like people could love him or not, but... Uh, I like watching his crowd work, and then people be surprised. I've really enjoyed watching it. So because anyway. Rich Voss and Andy Kaufman are two <laughs> yeah, completely yeah. different stand-up comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you find you see the beauty in both of them. Yeah. You're influenced by both of them. And, yeah, I could go with that. Do you find uh, that a lot of your or comedians' comedy in general is uh, just informed by all the comedians uh, that they've ever seen? That they that we're all just uh, if all we are is every comedian and every funny person we've interacted with, and now we're just a version of all those kind of gushing, all those points of view gushing out of our face. That's fine. Yeah, everybody we've seen, everybody we've interacted with. If I don't know of someone who's like in Seattle and I haven't seen them, then I would say no. But it, like, yeah, everybody I've seen in New York, probably hearing all that, and then whatever I've watched on 
film like comedy concerts and all that shit. Do you think Andy Kaufman, if he were to, <clears throat> there was no Andy Kaufman at all, if or maybe some other version of Andy Kaufman. You still had Steve Martin back in the day who was mm-hmm. doing. Uh, he was. I almost feel Andy Kaufman before Andy Kaufman. And you also have Emo Phillips. You have a lot of those types of guys back yeah. oh, then to, to, yeah. to create that whole thing. Uh, Andy Kaufman, let's say he's Andy Kaufman's alive today, around today, uh, and he's starting out doing being – he's not famous. Nobody knows yeah, who he yeah, is. Okay. He's just a guy starting out. Do you think he is – do you think his act goes as well the, today as it, as it went 30 years ago? Do you think he? You think if if an Andy Kaufman comedian walks into the comic strip today and does his act, the 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 Booker will ask him back, or would you think he'll go? Uh, you know what? That's too downtown comedy. That's too alt room comedy. That's too back of the room comedy for us. We we're not going to book you. Do you think? Do you think audiences would go like, mm, this is too weird? Well, we want dick jokes. Uh, well, the only thing here is basically like since the influence has happened, and then there's been. Long since there's been so many that have been influenced, I think people have. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it'd be a little more successful, or it might even be like even some bigger. point it could even get a little. It could be even a little hacky. I don't. I mean, that could be new. Like, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it's, I don't know because uh, I've done clubs, and I'm glad that I have done them, and I'm glad that I've even been passed here or there at some places. But what I'm saying is, um, if comedy changes where it wasn't like uh, bringing up Kennison again or something, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit I of mean, an impossible situation. It's a, it's an impossible theo- theoretical situation because you would have to have. The they could just say, "Oh, there's Kaufman other guys happening. that look like him now." I, I would say sure. the influence is there, and then it turned into where. Uh, yeah, I mean, a bunch of if the influence has been there, and there's a bunch of comedians that have that going because you were talking about all the comedians that influence you, and then even like the ones you see at open mics. Uh, then I would say. Um, yeah, at this point, maybe he wouldn't even. But then there's the other idea too about like if his uh, he has like this power of where he's destined to kind of do things where he goes and gets in you know wrestling uh amp, what, and coliseums down in the south and he's gonna do all this shit and be in movies. Maybe guys like that, no matter what, wherever they come in, there's just this extra kind of energy sure. or power they have, sure. and they're just something about them. And there's a little bit of something extra when they're on stage. He so might have I, done something different. He wouldn't have done the Mighty Mouse thing might still now. Be, he yeah, done some other something. shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, we we're getting down to the wire, Michael. Yeah, man. This is this is this is me. I mean, I'm glad there's some funny shit in the beginning in a way, but like it, this is like yeah, talking. It's like it could be funny, but, but it's I, not. I didn't want it. Well, I, I'm fu- I w- but I I think it would serve the viewers and us and myself an injustice to not getting to, uh, to your take on comedy uh, yeah, uh, to yeah. your to your mindset on comedy. I like I like joking around, but I do want to get into. Because you have one of the uh, the more uh, I I just I appreciate your mind uh, a lot in 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 comedy and your take on things and I want to let people know it's interesting to hear your mindset on all this stuff because you know a lot of guys are just I mean a lot of guys are driven by fame or, or just they just want to get laughs and that's it or they just want to like you know emulate these other like kind of you know I mean it's so funny a guy who's I like when people like like quote for their influence someone like. Like Dennis Leary for like like oh, yeah, I, I want to yeah. be like Dennis Leary, mm-hmm. but Dennis Leary is just a Bill Hicks mm-hmm. or, or some guy That's who's a carbon saying. copy of a carbon copy of a carbon copy. You know, take, like yeah. like instead of going take. like I'm influenced by the original, instead of saying like like if 
be influenced by Richard Pryor. Don't be influenced by the ninth guy that's imitating, <laughs> that's made a career imitating Richard Pryor. You know, yeah. Get to the roots of the whole thing. So it's well, I like hearing guys that are they're influenced by the originator of a certain style. Well, there's one other thing, man. I mean, just if you're gonna do it long enough, then I would say if someone's just gonna start uh, like this last January and they've. I like can't me. totally knock them. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't knock them for uh, not knowing shit about the past or something like that. So if a guy was influenced, I mean, you just kind of have to stomach it. Sure. That, like the guy's talking about this guy now, yeah. who's obviously influenced by these last three, right? And you just—that's that, been a little irritating. But there's nothing I can't knock it to be it totally because uh, the person just didn't see, can't see anybody else really. I mean, you can't knock somebody being influenced by Robin Williams because you didn't know of. Jonathan Winter's influence on Robin Williams. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, I guess you're influenced by who you're influenced by. Um, I mean, but, I, whatever this means or not, I'm trying to be more candid these days and just talk. So basically, like, I've been in the situation where maybe when I started, someone might say they would talk about Richard Pryor a little bit more or something, but then now I could hear, I heard someone bring up, like, Aziz Ansari, and then I've seen Aziz Ansari in the clubs after I had already been doing So the point is, I'm just saying that, like, it's a new guy – and he's very successful, and they'll be like, oh, I'm influenced by him, but then mm -hmm. I've seen other guys before him. You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, I've experienced, yeah. But I can't knock that guy saying, oh, that's why I'm getting in the, that's who, why I'm getting comedies because of him. Sure. Uh, just because that's... It's who you he's saw. 20 years old or some shit, you know, right. whatever. They, yeah, they yeah. weren't on the, you know, Richard Pryor wasn't on Adam Devine's house party last season. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, right. Where there was somebody on Adam Devine's house party last season that's influencing somebody yeah. that's coming up yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said you're trying to be more candid, and I know we got to get out of here. Do you find as, uh, even though as much as we, because uh, honesty is the, oh, it's the golden calf. Yeah, yeah, Do yeah. you find that there is a truth, though, in putting honesty in absurdity, that absurdity is heightened by honesty that there has to be some sort of truth in absurdity or in ridiculousness in silliness to uh, for this like it can't be silly just for silly there has to be some sort oh, of oh I'll totally to go with that and I would say uh, that the comedians I've seen where they do very silly material uh, then yeah I mean I know I only speak for me as I know personally like there's a a bit about uh Billy goats and these uh, Billy goat girls down in the valley, and then uh, them not wanting to like sleep with them because they have any money and stuff like that. But it's it's really ridiculous. But at that point in time, then I would be like uh, not financially independent as a real human, Mike Dobbins. Like mm -hmm. I was not financially independent. Uh, there's a lot of truth in it, but just you know, the, using the imagination to try to come up with something else. Why block that? Right, and right. just let the thing manifest itself. And uh, yeah, I would uh, I would agree with you that if there there's truth underneath a good, uh, very farcical, silly, really silly bit, like that I, would I, to me that would make it a better absurd. Bit, yeah. Absurdity heightens truth. Truth heightens absurdity. Yeah, that's fine with me. I like that. We ran out of time. We don't. Do we have any rollover minutes from last week? We do. How many? Seven. Seven. You know what? I gotta go. <laughs> That's fine, man. We gotta get out of here. I told you we'd be out of here. I told. I. 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 Can we roll them over to next week? Okay, we're gonna roll them over to the next week. Okay, cool, okay? man. Yeah. Um, Michael Dobbins, uh, thank you so much. Where can people find your comedy on or offline? Jeez, man. Uh, do you have a do a Twitter account? I had a website, and then uh, what happened to it? Did you put it on a, the internet? 
That was the problem with mine. That was on the internet. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's another one coming up because, you know, you have to have these credits and shit to, like, have a... Th there's one that will be popping up in 2016 that I'm happy about. That's just the way it is. A website coming out in 2016. No, no, no. I mean, a, a pretty good credit thing oh. might be popping up, so that'll be helpful. So, Can we I, talk I'm about sure it or no? We cannot talk about uh, that. Is it involved I mean, Charmin big one. or E.T.? Uh, E.T. Yeah! E.T. Guess who's back? E.T.'s back. Guess who's back? E.T.'s back. I'm feeling the magnet, but nobody wants to see Martin around. They want E.T. of Chopped Liver. E.T. doing Eminem. E.T. Oh, man. M and E.T. Um. So anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, just look the name up. Do YouTube? Do you have any of your stand-up comedy There are videos on there. And not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some videos. They're a little older, but uh, I'm sure there'll be some new footage coming out. Someone just sent me a set. I could put that up, and um, you know, I have a lot of footage. And um, you're in New York City. Do you do you sh do you shout out to the mountaintops to your shows? Uh, I yeah. Well, whatever. Tonight. I'll <laughs> Tonight I'm in uh, Clinton. I don't know, man. You know what I mean. Find out. Go find Mike Dobbins. Uh, uh, D O B B I N S. That's right. Is that right? You can find Mike Dobbins on the Facebook. I don't know. Find on Facebook or Twitter, and yeah, just look Chuckle him up Dobby. when you're near. Chuck. Uh, he'll be at the gaping laugh hole this uh, this upcoming equinox. Uh, that would be great. That would be great. Who books that? Lou Ferrigno. Uh, oh, that, yeah, yeah. He's he he's moonlighting as a guy. Guy, guy, what he does that make a little extra money on the side? The Hulk. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't make me funny. You don't want to see me when I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Dobbins, thank you for joining us today. Thanks a lot, Augustus. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry that Nick Vatterod is not here. He, Nick Vatterod does have a new album out on Comedy Central Records called For Amusement Only. You can find it on iTunes. That's Woo! on the internet. Great, uh, man. And uh, and I don't know where else you're going to find it but on iTunes. Maybe Amazon. Maybe uh, LinkedIn. Maybe, uh, maybe Google Map it. Maybe put in your house and laughter and see if Google Maps can uh, connect the dots to there. Uh, don't use Apple Maps, though. That shit never works. Uh, all all right. right. Thank you very much for watching the Nick Vatterot Show. Subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes. Goodbye. Go Bruins! <laughs>